You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Well, let's get into our first buy. T. Higgins is someone I'd be inquiring about if I need a wide receiver. Okay. This has been a, a lost first half of the season for the Bengals. They're coming out of the bye now. This is the target that we've been putting on the calendar for Joe Burrow to be back healthy. We should see more output uh, you know, from this team moving forward. There was a point where we were viewing this offense as one of the best in the league right before coming into the year, right? And there was a right. point a few weeks into the season where they were one of the worst offenses in the NFL. So I'm expecting that to normalize. You look at Higgins' first two uh, first two or three games this season, let's say three games this season where he was healthy, right? 24% target share, solid. Led the team with 46% air yard share, awesome. And he had that top five finish in week two, you know, just to remind you what he's capable of, right? But outside of that, he finished top 60. He finished outside the top 60 four times this year, right? So he had the rib injury that kept him out or limited his last two weeks before the bye. And, you know, given all that, how is he still top 10 in end zone targets total, right? Yeah. Okay, so he's still getting it. He's still getting those end zone targets. He's getting a lot of them. And Joe Burrow was banged up. He only gave Higgins a catchable ball on 54% of his targets for the season. That number was at 78% last year, according to FantasyLife.com. I'm expecting that to normalize as well. He had nine wide receiver two finishes last year. He had three top five top five finishes last year. I think he now has a good chance of being a very solid wide receiver two with upside the rest of the way. And he's just cheap right now, right? You look at the matchups too, coming you know down the stretch near playoff time. You know, let's start in week twelve, for example, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, Indianapolis, Minnesota, Pittsburgh again, and then a potential shootout with the Chiefs. You know, in in, in your championship potentially. So I'm I'm buying, man. I think. You know, the price is right, and, you know, a lot of people are looking for that high-end wide receiver, too, potentially. I think Higgins is is that guy that I'll be looking after. I'll be looking to acquire this week. Yeah, this is a guy that has that pedigree. We've seen him be that high-end wide receiver, too, like you just outlined, you know, in his career multiple times. And it's just these past few weeks, obviously the first week, the Bengals weren't getting anything going. He had eight targets, no catches. He had that big game in week two, but since then, he's either been quiet when the Bengals were still in that funk on offense, like you mentioned, and then also he's been banged up the past couple of weeks. He only played 50% of snaps against Tennessee in week four, completely missed week five. That was Jamar Chase's big day. That's when things started clicking a little bit on offense for the Bengals. And then in week six, he was limited again. He only played 54% of snaps. So if he comes back, he plays that full complement of snaps like he's supposed to, which he should. They're coming off a bye. He should be as healthy as he's been this season in a good matchup against the 49ers too. buy him and get him for that matchup. Like I'm not worried about these next couple games coming up. Obviously, they have the Bills. Texans after that. Uh, I think the Bengals are going to start looking more like themselves, like you just mentioned. And those target shares and end zone targets, T. Higgins is pretty much the guy you know, in the red zone. That's who Joe Burrow is looking for. He's throwing into the end zone. He's looking for T. Higgins. Jamar Chase is very good himself. But I think people are forgetting what T. Higgins can do. I'm not even the biggest T. Higgins guy. But you have three straight games of four-ish points on the game log in the past couple of weeks. That's way too low. Whoever has him is probably really upset. They don't want to keep holding on to him. I think that you should have a pretty easy time buying him. And then T. Higgins, like you mentioned, if you want to really look out into that distance and see what he could do for you uh, down the line, that playoff schedule is like one of the best, I think, that we have of any wide receiver and any teams. So I like that call there. But I also have another buy. It's another receiver who's also been banged up, who's also been on offense that hasn't been playing very well. And he has just about no risk if you trade for him right now. And that's Christian Watson. 
He's averaging 9.6 points per game through three uninspiring weeks. Obviously, anybody who has him, I'm one of them, knows that it hasn't been, you know, all sunshine and rainbows with Christian Watson so far this season. And that's created a buyer's market for him that you need to be taking advantage of right now. I mean, whoever has him, you're probably in full, full panic mode. It's supposed to be a heavy reinforcement at receiver coming in, um, coming back from his injury. And he's pretty much laid three straight eggs, and Jordan Love is looking pretty damn bad since his hot start. That's manifested itself in a 56% catch rate, um, catchable ball rate, I should say, for Watson. And that's not ideal, but I think it can get better. You have to consider that Watson, he was one of the two receivers in the 2022 draft class to put up more than 2.25 yards per route run in the rookie year. If you remember that stat from over the offseason, anybody, any rookie wide receiver in the past, I think it was five years, that had 2.25 yards per route run in their first year, came back and finished as a wide receiver one the next year in average um, points per game. So that can change. You know, the talent doesn't just disappear. And the Packers still have one of the most favorable schedules coming up in the next few weeks for receivers. You talk about T. Higgins having it out in the distance. That's what Christian Watson has right now. They have three matchups in the next four weeks against teams inside the top five for most points allowed to wide receivers. That's Minnesota, Pittsburgh, and the Chargers. And he did pick up that injury at the end of the game last week, but the reports are on that have been pretty optimistic. Watson's even come out and said that he's hoping to play in week eight. But that extra little bit of uncertainty from that injury, it's going to be great lubricant in the negotiations to help pry him away from whoever has him. And that price should already be pretty low to begin with, given the production that's been limited these past few weeks. Things haven't looked great in the first few games of the season, but we saw the same thing happen last year where he fought through injuries, had a handful of quiet games before finally breaking out in the second half of the season. I'm going to bet on talent here and hope that that small sample size we've seen so far is just an aberration for bigger things coming. But the biggest thing for me is the price at this point it should be extremely palatable compared to the upside that he presents. I think they, he's a really good value right now. If you can get him, this is a like prime buy low window. And I think Christian Watson is one of those guys you should go after if you're winning or losing. Yeah. And, and you know, he's somebody that a lot of people are just going to have on their bench potentially, even if he plays. <laughs> I <laughs> right? have him because on my just, bench in my one league. Yep. Yeah. And like, you know, he's somebody that you could acquire. He's one of those guys that you could just get super cheap. Right. And like we mentioned, like he's going to have these boom weeks that could win you weeks. And, you know, Jordan Love hasn't looked good at all lately, especially. And no one's going to love that. No, no pun intended. No one loves right? love. And, and then, <laughs> and then, you know, Watson, you know, he hasn't had the target share. He hasn't had, you know, consistent target share. He hasn't had consistent production. And, you know, it, it's looking like a lost season in many people's eyes even if they have them and they could just want to, you know, cut their losses. So that's where I would swoop in. So I'm with you, man. You know, we were definitely high on Watson before the season started. He has one of the best, you know, rookie, you know, finishes, you know, really, really good rookie season. We should not forget about that. Um, He just had some bad luck with injuries. Hopefully he'll be all right though. There's there's definitely issues. Like I I was putting this, you know, little, right up together doing the research on this. And I was like, hmm, things aren't looking really fantastic right now. You look at some of the stats you mentioned that target share is pretty low. But Jordan Love only threw the ball 31 times against the Broncos. I don't know who put that game plan in. You should be throwing all the time against the Broncos. That's 31 attempts. That's less than Desmond Ritter averages this season in a game. That's a problem. I think that can change. You also, like I, like I mentioned, the talent with Christian Watson's there. And we saw Jordan Love. He was doing pretty good. The first two weeks, I think that things can turn around. I think things are at a really low point right now with Christian Watson, and we have to kind of remember what we were talking about Watson being this season when we were coming into the season. And I don't want to lose sight of that. And I think that coming in and buying now, this might be the lowest that his price is going to be in a long time. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, man. So he is definitely somebody that you should be targeting for sure. Um, guess what? I have another one. I'm also buying Marquise Brown where I can after two down games. There are, there are, these are the like down games we were expecting to happen the entire time with Josh Dobbs at quarterback. But instead, Hollywood had four top 24 finishes in five games before these two weeks. He was extremely consistent for the season, according to fantasylife.com. He's sitting at 27% target share, 15th among all wide receivers, 42% air yard share, 7th among all wide receivers, and Kyler Murray's coming back soon. You look at what he did with Kyler last year in the first six games without DeAndre Hopkins and before he got hurt, 26% target share, 43% air yard share. Sound familiar? Like literally what he's getting right now. So the difference is that this year he's getting a catchable ball on 66% of his targets and he's had four games under 60%. With Kyler last year, that was at 74% during that six-game span. It was under 60% only one time. And what did that lead to? Three wide receiver one finishes in those six games, something he hasn't been able to do once with Joshua Dobbs, and he didn't finish outside the top 30 one time while he was the wide receiver one for Kyler last year. He's the clear wide receiver one for the Cardinals. I'm buying, and I think we could see some top 12 finishes when Kyler comes back. I think that's absolutely possible. And I just have a question for you. you know, do you think that people might be clinging to Marquise Brown a little bit? He had those good games, that stretch of games between week two and five, where he had at least 16 points, and he had between 16 and 17 points, I think it was, yeah, four straight consistent. games. That was good. Do you think that could be causing them to cling to him a little bit because they know Kyler Murray's coming back? Like That might make it difficult to buy him, but do you think this is a case where you might have to even buy a little bit high? Now, obviously, nobody's going to be yes. putting him up. It's like, this is an untouchable wide receiver one. This isn't like you're going and trying to trade for somebody like, I don't know, Jordan Addison right now. You know, for, with Marquise Brown, I think, do you think you just bite the bullet a little bit? The price is a little bit higher than you want with Marquise Brown. Is that where you're at with him? Yes. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of like, you know, he had two down games, right? So he kind of showed a little bit of that vulnerability, right? And I'm not saying that. I think most people will gladly start Marquise Brown every week, but they might not realize what his upside is, right? So I'm going to be giving a fair trade or potentially what might seem like an overpay on paper um, for what I think his weekly ceiling raises to when Kyle was back. Right. And okay. So just to piggyback off of, I, I don't mean to pepper your questions, but this one's just coming to my head too. Say you have Jordan Addison right yeah. now, and we know Justin Jefferson is going to be back. Do you think a deal with Jordan Addison for Marquise Brown would be, you know, feasible? Is that something that you might go after? Because I, I, hell yeah. Jordan Addison well, had that, it wouldn't had that be, big week. It, it wouldn't be a one for one, though. Right. Uh, like, exactly. Yeah. At, at this point, if you ask anybody, most people, I would say like 75% of people, like, hey, like, who, who do you think is more valuable? For fantasy moving forward, Jordan Addison or or Marquise Brown. Brown. And most likely they'll say Jordan Addison, I think. Right. Like, do you think that yeah. the, the perception is that would you agree with that? That the perception is that Jordan Addison is the is the person that is the player that most people would rather have on their fantasy team right now? I think so. And that's it's recency yeah. bias. And that's what fantasy football, a lot of people just get caught up in a, a big game. Now don't get me wrong, Jordan Addison, he's going to have a couple more big games. You know, He's even going to have big games when Justin, once Justin Jefferson is back. But I'm just looking at the trajectory that these two are on. You know, If Marquise Brown, he's had a couple down weeks, but he's going to get Kyler Murray back. He's on an upswing. 
Kyler Murray comes back, he's yeah. going to be a better player in a couple of weeks than he is today. Where Jordan Addison, he's at peak performance right now. You know, obviously he's still not getting a ridiculous target well, share. He's only got a couple target targets, but he's been super efficient. He's scoring touchdowns. But Justin Jefferson's going to come back, and that might take some of that ceiling off the top. You know, he might not have that yeah. ceiling that Marquise Brown could be going after with Kyler Murray. So I think I think that's an interesting one right there because it's it they're is. both good receivers. It, but they're in like the same position right now. They're crossing paths, and you just got to see. There is an, a I, I, way except, that you can – go ahead. Except one of them continues to be the wide receiver, one for the team, right? And then the other gets right, supplanted right. when Justin Jefferson comes back, like, like, like basically what you're talking about here. And, you know, like even with his huge game, you know, it was a 24% target share for Jordan Addison on Monday night, right? It wasn't like this yep. massive target share. 24% is solid, but that's like wide receiver two levels, not wide receiver one levels. Right and Mar- and Mark what yeah. Marquise Brown is getting right now that's those are at wide receiver one levels especially when you add in the air yard share as well right so yeah no I think Jordan Addison before this week he didn't cross seventeen percent target share okay exactly. so you know and and who knows what's what is gonna ha- what's gonna happen next week it could pop the, back yeah, down below twenty percent yeah but the reality is like he could have another big game here he could have another two big games here before Justin Jefferson comes back and that might make people want to hold on to Jordan Addison but I think. The long-term prospects of Marquise Brown, I think, are going to be better. And I think yeah. I'm with you there. So obviously, I'm agreeing that you should be buying Marquise Brown, but I'm just saying, there are players right now out there that you should take advantage of, maybe think about selling them. And I didn't have Jordan Addison as one of my sales, but he's some, you might want to think about that, you know, especially yeah, and, and, if he keeps this up. And, 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 you know, another thing is that he's a rookie, right? So a lot of people are viewing him as somebody that who will just potentially just increase in value, and they're just going to get better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like as the season progresses. So I think that's another reason why another, you know, another, another psychological, you know, trick that I think people play on themselves where, oh man, like he just had two touchdowns. He's he killed it. Like, it's just going to get better from here because, you know, he's just a rookie. Um, right. You know, but listen, scored a bunch of touchdowns already. Right. I, I mentioned uh, on the pod that, you know, he's, He's basically pulling a um, Jahan Dotson from last year, right? It's a, a similar <laughs> yes, type of situation, right? Yeah. And he's, right. he's looked a little bit better doing it, I would say. But yeah, I, I have another yeah. buy. Speaking of yeah, NFC North wide receivers and wide receivers waiting for their star quarterbacks to come back, I'm going to buy DJ Moore here. And now people might come at me before you come at me for saying that you shouldn't be buying a wide receiver that has an undrafted rookie at quarterback for the next few weeks. Let's just put Moore's situation into some context, shall we? It's true. Fields is out right now. Could be out for a little while longer. We don't know. He's been doubtful, you know, early in the week, the past two weeks. We're not sure when he's going to come back. But we do know that eventually he's going to come back. It won't be forever that he's out. And when he does come back, you're going to be putting Moore back in your lineup again without a second thought, right? So remember weeks two to six when Moore had a 32% target share, 48% air yard share, two top five finishes after a tough game in week one. Like that's the ceiling that's going to be there once Fields is back. And they got some good matchups these next few weeks ahead of their week 13 bye. Two games against teams inside the top 12 for most fantasy points allowed in the um, Vikings and the Lions. Let's also not forget that you're not completely hung out to dry with Tyson Bajan at quarterback either. He was hyper-targeting DJ Moore in his first start. We talked about it on the podcast a couple days ago. I think it was the Takeaways podcast. Moore had a 35% target share in that game. And Bajan, he delivered eight catchable targets of nine total on the day, including an end zone target that went in and out of his hands. That should have been a touchdown for DJ Moore. 
if he scores that touchdown, we're having a much different conversation here. But it's still worth mentioning that he's not just going to be a nobody, DJ Moore, with Tyson Bajan at quarterback because he had that nine target, those nine targets. 89% catchable target rate. That's great. Not everybody's going to look at Bajan and think that he's capable of keeping those numbers up. But all the stuff I just mentioned about DJ Moore is pretty darn good. And people might not see it. It hasn't translated the great fantasy days from him these past two weeks. And whoever's got him on their roster might not be thrilled at the prospect of Bajan under center for the near future. And I mentioned those good matchups coming up on the schedule. But before those two games, there are also a couple tough matchups, too, on the Bears schedule against the Saints and the Panthers. So that could set you up with a layup of a trade. They might be looking at it like, oh, well, DJ Moore was barely serviceable in this last game. I got by with 10 points. And now he has two tough matchups coming up. Let's get rid of him. That's going to help facilitate the trade. Backup quarterback, tough matchups on deck, limited production recently, and uncertainty about fields will be back. I think you take a stab at picking him up because it's not going to be that difficult, I don't think, because the situation right now around DJ Moore isn't fantastic, but it's going to improve in a couple weeks, very much like we just talked about with Marquise Brown. And and just to echo again, repeat like the most important parts of what you just said, 35% target share from Badgett. 89% 89% catchable targets and 57% air yard share. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? That means, I mean, this kid might be pretty good. <laughs> he knows yeah. how to target his number one wide receiver. And if you look at what Bajan did, like he actually was a serviceable, he's like a serviceable, serviceable quarterback. Like there's, there might be something there, you know? I mean, obviously one right. game sample size, but you got to take into account the fact that he had to beat a couple quarterbacks. He's undrafted. Like for him to get to the point where he's backing up Justin Fields as a QB two on an NFL team, that means something. Okay. Yeah. So and then he went out and kind of showed that showed why he's a he's a QB two in the NFL. Yeah. And I don't know. Didn't they say he was like D two or something coming out of college? Yeah. Like that, that's that's yeah. pretty crazy. Just to think about it that. Is. So he definitely there's definitely something there. And if he has a win in his first start, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be unseating Justin Fields or he's going to go start for some other team right away. But, you know, he's young. And I think that he's going to rely on DJ Moore. He did what he was supposed to do. You lean on your best playmakers when you're a rookie and you need to just get into a rhythm. DJ Moore is a great guy to do that with. So I think that that could definitely continue. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 